0: All right, put up this graphic so we can shoot this one. That was a long commercial, wasn't it? But that's all right. I had to really, y'all, there's some things you have to start taking seriously. This world has a fog on it that makes you keep living life for yourself instead of living life for Christ. So we have been talking about the theme for this month, which is the Holy Spirit. He is a real ghost that lives on the inside of you and can reduplicate himself in everyone, yet retain 100% of who he is. The second one is always the craziest to me. He is the down payment of your eternal inheritance. Your internal inheritance is so big, is so demonstrative, is so extreme, it's so wealthy and opulent, and, and it's so, I know this is not a word, well, let me just say the right word, and because you can't understand it, they said the only thing we can do is give you a being called the Holy Ghost. Who can reduplicate himself and do anything and that's the down payment for your inheritance i'm not missing heaven he will remind you of anything you have forgotten in the past and teach you how to do anything in the present and he will show you the future that's the key that the church miss he's going to show us the future he convicts you of what is wrong but he also convicts you of what is right he will convict you of the coming judgment which you're going to find in that video that you watch he is a being of extreme depth the holy ghost does not like shallow the bible says one of his main jobs is to take you into the deeper things of god right now we have a shallow problem in the body of christ he can easily be grieved because of your lifestyle so we'll start out there and read the scripture and then i'll tell you what i'm gonna share with you ephesians 4 21 i thought this was a good reminder everybody ready since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, which means he's trying to do it, but you might be fighting him. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let me say that again. Stop telling lies but I don't want to hurt their feelings stop telling lies but I was going to get in trouble stop telling (laughs) let me just keep on moving past that lies let us tell our neighbors the truth (laughs) you want to know one of the biggest lies going on right now social media everybody putting up pictures of who they're not if I see another stealthy stick you know, and sad part now is do y'all realize how many people are falling off of cliffs trying to do selfies in dangerous positions? Out of all of the places in the world, you got to stand on the edge of a cliff with one toe like this and then turn around? Man, please. So. You know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with posing and getting the right pose and, and you know, this one guy, you know, he said you take a picture of somebody and they said, oh, erase that picture. You know, I got a double chin that picture. He said, no, you got a double chin in real life. <laughs> 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 now you can get rid of the double chin. I'm just saying. And there's nothing wrong with promoting your best. But y'all, people are creating uh, and this alternative lifestyle that's not real. So that's a form of lying. Oh man, what verse am I in? So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Didn't say you couldn't be angry. Said don't let it control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Because anger gives a foothold to the devil. It's like opening, it's like cracking a door And the devil puts its foot in, so it becomes difficult for you to close it. If you are a thief, everybody say, quit stealing. There's many different forms of stealing. I understand some of us have jobs where, you know, you can do other things on the computer because the call has not come in yet. But there are some people that think that the job was created to pay them for free. You see that sometimes when you go places, and you go to the counter, and they're already having a conversation with their friend. And they look at you. Hold on, man. It just this happened to me the other day. Whatever. Quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work. That's becoming a cuss word nowadays. And then give generously to others in need, not cheaply, generously. The Bible says when they come to the poor, it didn't say interview them. It didn't say make them fill out paperwork. It said give to them generously. God hates poverty so much that he will actually have you give it to someone that's not right. Give prosperity. He hates poverty. Always remember this. Anything that does not exist in heaven, God has a hatred for it. He hates sickness and disease. It's not in heaven. He hates poverty. It's not in heaven. He hates depression and fear. It's not in heaven. Anything that's not in heaven, God hates. And we'll put it in the category of evil. Oh, this is when we got to have the benediction. Don't use foul or abusive language. That's two separate things. Foul language is more in the area of profanity. Abusive language is things that you say about yourself or others that Jesus would never say. They're so stupid. Jesus would never say that. That's abusive language. And it's actually a type of curse. Because there are some people that were told that and believed it and then walked it out for their entire life. I don't know what to do. That can be a curse. Because the Bible says, if any man like wisdom, let him ask of God. Another scripture says, you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, and you know all things. It might not be up here yet, but you know it down here. Oh, man. It like it's going to be Three sermons. Let everything you say, everything you say, be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Slander is always gossip, murmuring, and complaining, which seems to be the main diet for the church and people. And get rid of all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. How many of you are glad that God did not hold your mistakes, your sins and your mistakes against you? Because if he did, we would all be crispy critters, burnt up with lightning. Y'all know what I'm saying? So. I need to do something right quick because um, things are moving a little bit faster than I expected. And um this blueprint that we have switched over to where you release the entire church to do the work of the ministry and to be uh, disciples who make disciples. Um the biggest thing that I'm getting is is now that we're doing the home church the way that we're doing it, people are really like we can't believe that y'all are doing it this way. Because um most people that have done house churches, they've been shut down. You know, it's good until you get too many people, then they accuse you of starting a church to try to control. But y'all The only way to win this war in the community is to release everybody out on the streets at the same time. Like I said, I think I might have said this at a other location. Imagine what happened if just one Sunday, not every Sunday, if just one Sunday no church had church and everybody was on the street just that one day. Do you realize how that would shake the city overnight? It wouldn't matter what your denomination was. Let me tell you something. When you go out here on the street, these people don't care about whether you're Baptist or Methodist or Catholic or Presbyterian or non-denominational or Pentecostal, Foursquare. They don't care about that. All they want sometimes is food, clothing, and love. Can you give me hope? I don't care about your denomination. I don't care about your race. I don't care about your Bible school. Can you just give me hope? You understand what I'm saying? That's all they care about. And we have everybody stuck in church, and we won't send them out there to just do that. Could you imagine what it would just look like? Just the body of Christ being on the street would make a statement to the unbeliever. Y'all unified like this? So, nobody's willing to do it, so how I many know we will not do it? Okay, so I want to help you understand the order of things. Because with great power comes great responsibility. So, I want to make sure that you all understand the blueprint of how god has created this so you understand certain things because most most have been taught wrong so this is an into more never mind let me just read the doggone scriptures and, and and get through this it's very short first corinthians 12 28. so god has appointed some in the church for his own use first apostles which are special messengers, second prophets, which are inspired preachers and expounders, thirdly teachers, then wonder workers, then those with the ability to heal the sick, even though we all have that ability because of what the scripture says, believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But there are some people that have a special grace, they have a gifting. I know Kenneth Hagin, he was caught up in the heavenlies and he's standing there with Jesus. And the Lord told him, you've been faithful. He said, so I'm giving you a special grace. He said, when it's time to lay hands on people in the congregation, he said, your hands will burn, both of them. And he said, in the heavenlies, Jesus put two coals in his hand. And he said, it was actually very painful. And he said, your hands will burn. He said, when you lay hands on people, put it on the side. And he said, if there's a demon present, he said, the fire will jump from hand to hand. That's a special grace. Okay. You have to be faithful. But there's some of you that already have that gifting. Let me tell you something. As a result of what we do with the house church, giants are getting ready to emerge out of our midst. Amen. Stephen and Philip in the Bible were never fivefold, even though the Bible calls Philip an evangelist. They were both picked wait tables. But because they weren't controlled, giants emerged out of the midst of the church. I'm gonna see which one of y'all are gonna make the news first. Okay. So then you have after that helpers, what we call the ministry of helps. Helps is a word that means an undergirding so that this thing can stay afloat. And helps would be considered everything from worship to cameras to ushers to children's church, the list goes on and on and on. These are all things that God has appointed, folk. Helps, then administrators. And then the last one, which is very mysterious, speakers in different. Unknown tongues. Okay. Some people think that means in different languages on planet Earth. No, that's a different dimension where when let me China has a language, United States has a language, Russia has a language, every country has a language. Okay. When a lot of these countries though, they have different dialects when it comes to that language. You understand what I'm saying? For example, you go to the continent of Africa, where everybody sees them as Africans, but there are many different dialects. You go to India or Pakistan; they there are many different different types. It's many different types of language within that language. You understand what I'm saying? Say some of you, like I just found out a few weeks ago about something called Geechee. I didn't know that that was big. That comes like from South Carolina, you know, and and just variations of different type of you know when you see Hispanics, you know. They have different variations of the Hispanic language. I don't know what all of them call. It. Y'all know what I'm saying. So it's like that in planet Earth. Well, when you get over into praying another in and speaking in other tongues, it's like that when it comes to heaven. There are many different type of dialects and flows. And that's why if you pray in tongues for a longer amount of time, how many of you notice it sometimes it seems like your language change. Yeah, because you had slipped into a various different type of supernatural tongue. Okay. Whew. Y'all got that. So these are all appointments. For some reason, the Holy Spirit wanted y'all to know the correct order of the church. So appointments are not just pastor. It's the fivefold ministry. Those who do miracles, heal the sick, helpers, administrators. And always remember this, whatever your appointment is, they're all equal to one another. Right now you have this thing where like if you have the title of apostle, did y'all know that the definition of apostle simply means that God sent you? How this turns into a big old hat with a flowing robe and a cane and they got to carry you in on a pillow is besides me. You know what I'm saying? And they open up the door and you got to go through first. I just, people always want to be deep. And Jesus said, no, if you want to be deep, be simple. If you want to be high, live low. If you want to be demoted, try to live high. First Corinthians 14. Oh, so let me explain the various the part with the tongues. Because there's a misconception in the body of Christ about this. It says, when someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he says. Because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the spirit. Now, there's a huge amount of confusion when it comes to this. Because in Pentecostal circles, they're like, look, everyone can pray in tongues. In some circles, like I came from, the Baptist circles, they said, no. They said, apparently, it's only for some. And what, what many are in the Methodist Baptist circles are doing is they're making a mistake. They don't understand. There are two different types of tongues. You have the first raw level, foundational level, where it's just a personal language between you and God. They did it not just say no man understands that. So if no man understands it, then how could he interpret it? No man. Why? That's the personal ministry between you and God, where in your private time, you can spend time praying in tongues. You are praying the future. You're praying mysteries behind your advancement and killing Satan. You build yourself up, all of those things. Then you have an appointment, which is called the ministry gift of tongues, where I can give a tongue. And then the Lord will give him the interpretation and he gives the interpretation to the congregation. Okay. so now watch this. Kenneth Hagin taught us this. If I give a tongue, that's the nickel. If he gives the interpretation, that's another nickel, which equals prophecy, which is a dime. Y'all got that tongue is five cent. Just keep it to a nickel. The tongue is a nickel. The interpretation is another nickel. Both of them together equal a prophecy. That is a dime. I don't really, I don't have a problem with it, but that's one of the giftings that we've never really tapped into here. We just go straight for the dime. <laughs> so that's when you see Lisa and Lene and Devon, my wife and others getting up, we just go straight into the prophecy and we don't do the tongue part. You understand what I'm saying? It allows for creativity. So wonderful couple, Mark and Hankins, what's his wife's name? Trina? Yeah, that's amazing. He's from Louisiana. And... Uh, I mean, his—they flow together like that. His wife will give a tongue, and he will give. And you—you can—you can feel that it's God because of the prophecy. He'll give a prophecy, then she'll give another one, then he'll give another prophecy, and they might do it 15 times. Dead accurate. It's amazing to see that gift. Okay, y'all got that. That's the difference between personal ministry and the gifting part. I gotta find out where I am now. Verse 3, when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people, to build them up and bring them comfort. The one who speaks in tongues, here we go, advances his own spiritual progress, while the one who prophesies builds up the church. Okay, now let me say something. When it comes to maturity, the kingdom of God always bases it on your character, not your power. So don't get that twisted. Okay, so I came from the Baptist circles. And so you can be a Baptist and be more mature than anyone that raises the dead. Because in the kingdom of God, maturity is not based on what you can do. It's based on how you act. Y'all got that? Yeah. But, but to switch back over to the power, that's the reason why you generally won't see a church that rejects praying in tongues walk in power. You won't see people get supernaturally healed. They don't believe in casting out demons. They don't believe in dreams and visions because they shut down the one mechanism that advances your spiritual progress. You understand? Doesn't mean they're not going to heaven. Doesn't mean they don't love God. And they might get a bigger reward than the ones speaking in tongues. Some people just speak in tongues, and they just full of the devil, just somebody that does. Y'all know what I'm saying, okay? And then you have something called what they call them. Never mind. I'll just leave that alone, okay? <clears throat> First Corinthians twelve four through twelve. I got to give you all of these. These are all in the church. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Which means not everyone has the same gifting. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are different diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man the prophet. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you have supernatural information about somebody's present or future. Then you have another which is the word of knowledge. That's supernatural information about someone's present or past. But it's the same spirit. To another, faith. We're not talking about just regular faith. This is the type of faith that you need in order to raise the dead. In other words, when you walk into this scenario, God puts your faith to the side and gives you his. And at that moment, you're operating like the one on the throne. It's called special faith. Okay, People always talk about they got these giftings. No, you don't. My favorite one is the gift of discernment. No such thing. You're just nosy. <laughs> To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. When Jesus spit on a man's eyes and made the mud cake, that was the gift of spirit. Weird ways to get people healed. We have a couple of people that do that. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits is you will be ministering to someone and you know that there's a demon there or you know what type it is, you know its name. Or discerning of spirits is when the Holy Ghost kicks in and the veil on planet Earth disappears and you can see into the spirit. Angels, demons, heaven, hell, etc. To another interpretation of tongues. All these worketh the one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will, because most people operate in two or three. For as the body is one and has many members, all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So this is very, very important to understand something here. God is very much a creative God. And so do not imitate someone else when you operate in ministry. God will use your own personal gifting, your own personal creative style. The Bible says don't compare yourselves to one another that is very unwise okay there are certain things that when it comes to people receiving certain things gifts of the spirit holy spirit praying in tongues whatever else you know i'll just use one scripture lift your hands bam somebody else might give them a whole bible study we're not interested in the method we're interested in the fruit y'all got that so the god is the one who made it clear that in the church nothing is supposed to be the same the church is supposed to be a leadership track where God uses your own wiring and the gifts that He gave you, and allows you to be creative. You know what? We were doing a training for the small groups. Excuse me, and you know, trying to uh, trying to um, renew their minds about some things. And so, Brother Albert, who always calls me Brother Pastor for some reason, it's old school, Brother Pastor. So he's talking about launching the groups. He said, "So, what day do we want to do the groups on?" And I said, you, you know I am? I said, you remember that scene from Coming to America? Whatever you like. <laughs> he said, oh, cool. And I used this as an example. He said, cool. He said, because at the river location, Riverdale location, he said, we were having a service on Sunday. He said, then a group of us would all go and eat our separate different ways. Then we would come back to my house, and we would have a Bible study discussing what happened at the Sunday morning service. And I was like, That's cool. And I told the whole group, some of them online, asked them, I said, now let me give you an example something. You ask Lee Turnbull to come to your house for a Bible study on Sunday evening after church service. He not coming. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I don't care what type of food you're serving. Jesus, Jesus could be the special guest. That's just how I am. I'm not, I've already been to church on Sunday. I'm the pastor. I've been to church on Sunday morning. No, I'm not coming to your Bible study on Sunday evening. I said, but notice that there was a group That went to church on Sunday morning and wanted to get part two in at your house for two to three hours. So guess what? If you force everybody to do the same way, we might lose almost everybody. But if you allow for individual creativity when it comes to ministry and house churches and everything else, maybe we can get a whole bunch. You understand what I'm saying? This is what the scripture is talking about. Allow for creativity. Y'all got that. Ephesians 411. Now with that, I know some of y'all are like, dude, I already know this. I understand that, but you should be surprised how many don't. So with that, let me give you the understanding of my role and the five-fold ministry. Now these are the gifts in Ephesians 411 Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to not look deep. Their responsibility is to not wear fancy suits, even though somebody blessed me with this. I really like the way this thing feels. I feel like Jesus' big brother, not big brother, small brother. I can't be 10 I'm Jesus' big brother. What type of foolish is that? Okay, all of that is fine and dandy. Okay, no. It's you know, not important for you to look important. It says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, not my work, his work, and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in the faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now, if the fivefold is supposed to teach you to do the work of the ministry, don't you think that all of the power and the gifting would be in the people that do the work? No, what we have now is people just sitting and coming to see what the pastor can perform. And they can't probably perform anything because they don't even have to believe the Bible. You understand what I'm saying? Here's the definition of an apostle. For some reason, the Holy Spirit wants y'all to know this, this morning. I know y'all are expecting deep revelation about the Holy Ghost and, and what dreams we're going to have and all you know, this. Yes. I have to follow the Holy Spirit. Definition of an apostle, he is simply a delegate, a messenger, and one sent forth with orders. God ordered me to start this church on a Saturday. And then six months later, ordered me to open up another one on a Sunday. Then you have the prophet an interpreter of oracles or other hidden things. One who moved by the spirit of God solemnly declares to men what he has received by inspiration, especially concerning future events, and in particular, such as relate to the cause and kingdom of God and human salvation. Excuse me. The evangelist is simply a preacher of the gospel and a bringer of good tidings. I run an evangelist. I've been an evangelist for 30 years. And how many people have you led to Christ? And they just look at you. You're not an evangelist. Next one, here's my role, pastor. A herdsman, a shepherd, he to whose care and control others have committed themselves and whose teachings they follow. The presiding officer, manager, director of any assembly where Christ is the head of the church. In other words, if you put it in the category of Chick-fil-A, God is the CEO and I'm just a manager, y'all got that. Teachers. One who teaches concerning the things of God and the duties of man. It's interesting, in the original language, they call teachers doctors, teachers, and masters. It's one of the reasons why they refer to Jesus as master. It was just it's another word for teacher. Okay? So that's the fivefold. Their job is to teach you how to bring it. That's my only job. As far, I, I encourage you to do a Bible study on everything that the Bible says about a pastor. Not once did it say that you control the flock. It says, be an example to the flock. It says, don't be a lord over the flock. But nowhere did it say that the flock needed your permission to do anything. It's that, that one scripture keeps bothering me about the disciples said, Lord, we saw one casting out demons in your name, and we told him to stop. That's the spirit of control. And the Lord said, what you stopping him for? He's helping me. Y'all struggling, and a stranger learned it on his own. Y'all going to stop him. That's religion. Remember what Jesus said? He said, y'all won't go into the kingdom, and the ones that want to go around you and go in, you block them. And that's what's going on in the body of Christ right now. Pastor, I had a dream. We don't believe in dreams. Pastor, my child, I'm telling you, my child has demonic problems. No, it's not. It feels solid. Go see a psychologist and put them on some medication. They won't go into the kingdom. And when you tell them that you have a problem, they want to, and and the deep part is a lot of them know you have problems. But you know what they do? They are uncomfortable. Y'all remember this. It is okay to be ignorant. It's just not okay to continually be ignorant. Do y'all realize how much stuff that I have learned in the last nine years? It seemed like the more I learned, the more ignorant I'm becoming. It's just crazy. It's like outer space. The more you discover it, the more you realize how big it is. Okay? 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. This is a trustworthy saying. And this is particularly fivefold elders. Anybody wants to be a house church leader. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. We should not see you on Fox News or CNN. He must enjoy having guests in his home. Why? As a home church. And he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker. Sometimes you wish to say he can't drink, but you know how people are. But see, God doesn't control you. God is always going to tell you the truth. I was taught it was a sin to have a glass of wine. But the Bible does not say that. Y'all do realize Jesus drank wine. You do realize it was not Kool-Aid at the Lord's Supper or Welchies. I know it's Welch's. I just Mr. a brown spirit. I do realize that. Okay. I mean, never mind. Noah got drunk. Everybody got drunk. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's not true. That's not right. Hold on. Let me re-run re- re- that. Y'all know what I'm saying. A lot of important people in the Bible got drunk. Why does the Bible says don't be drunk with wine? Whereas in excess, it says be intoxicated with the Holy Ghost. You can really only be intoxicated with the Holy Ghost by praying in other It Says be, you just keep praying. Just you become full of light and full of power. And just, ugh. y'all got me. Whatever else I am, he must not. He must not be a heavy drinker or violent. He must be gentle not quarrelsome, and not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? Church leader must not be a new believer because he might become prideful, and the devil would cause him to fall. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. Now let me say something about that before I do this last one. Um, T.D. Jake said something years ago that I never forgot. I learned a lot of different things from different men around the world. And he said, he said, be careful with scriptures like this. He said, because it's not saying that you have to be perfect. It's saying that you should be moving in that direction and striving. So, like, for example, ladies love to talk about Proverbs 31 woman. Okay, Proverbs 31 woman. Something to, you know, ascribe to. You know, I think it's the Psalm 112 man, Psalm 31 woman. If you're a newer a believer, Female look up Psalm 31 is the description of, I'm sorry, Proverbs 31. It's a description of a godly woman. And T.D. Jake said something I never forgot. He said, when you read Proverbs 31, he said, you're looking at what a woman became over time. You're not looking at what the woman started with. You understand what I'm saying? You don't come out the womb. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I understand they got that song when I gave my life to Christ, you know, you know hands look new and my feet did too and the sky looked blue and all that type of stuff you know and that's because of how you felt you felt so gloriously i mean people don't understand salvation is god literally killing you into nothing recreating you into a new being but he leaves your mind intact so you remember both men that's crazy because god said i forget your sins did he not say that what god said for what god said he forgot do you not remember it's crazy, okay? So, I forgot I forgot what I was saying, but it's gonna be all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are things that you should be ascribing to. you know. Now look, understand that Joyce Myers got away with that. When Joyce Myers first gave her life to Christ, Joyce Myers hadn't been taught correctly. Joyce Myers used to do a Bible study while she was smoking cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my wife said, wearing uh, short shorts. know what that is it's a daisy dukes can you imagine going to somebody bible study (laughs) come on in we're about to learn about the lord (laughs) but but see you got to be very very careful how you judge people because they're perfect on the inside but their mind is not right yet he doesn't just dismiss people Because you've been saved for 30 years now with a mighty burning fire and no two scriptures in the Bible. And now you want to look down on somebody. You know, it's so funny. Okay. Somebody else spent a long time on their knees begging God to get you saved and crying and worrying and depressed and frustrated and angry. And they haven't come in yet. And the devil was telling them it's because your prayers are not working and all types of stuff. somebody prayed you in after you acted a fool for 30 years. And you know, you acted a fool for 30 years. And that's before you got saved. And then when you got saved, you still acted a fool and then how, learned how to clean up after the fool. And then so as soon as you get glorious saved, now you want your cousin to come in after one, one sermon. Now you mad. I invited him to church. <laughs> they don't want God. Like you didn't want him for 30 years? Just... <laughs> but, uh, but I understand how it is. How many know? When you go from darkness to light, your eyes are open. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jesus. I should have done this 30 years ago. And now because of what you see, the Bible says Satan blinds the minds of those that don't believe. And now that you see, now you want them to come out overnight. But it doesn't work that way. The same one is someone got, who got calluses on their knees right now over you. Now you time for you to get your own calluses. <laughs> there might be a reward in heaven for calluses there was a lady I worked with in Verizon years ago and she was taught that you had to pray on your knees and if she couldn't pray on her knees she couldn't connect and because I was actually such a fool with the gospel up of Verizon she pulled me aside one day she said let me ask you a question You know, is it a sin if you don't pray on your knees and the Holy Spirit instantly gave me the scripture he said just read it to her and they received the Holy Spirit and began to pray where they were sitting she was instantly delivered oh wow you mean the most important thing in Scripture with the book of Acts? They were sitting down in chairs. Yeah, they weren't on their knees. Is there anything in the Bible that says about praying on your knees? No, maybe that's what we saw at a family Christian bookstore, a couple of angels on their knees or something. You know, you'd be surprised how many doctrines you got in the church that ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. Okay, so, so those are things to ascribe to. So again, before I do this last one, because the last one is one of the most important. Everyone, God creates a blueprint by which everyone can enter into the war with Him. And He has individuals that He gives special abilities to to speed up the success of the warriors. So the fivefold ministry apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are ones that god gives them the ability or the assignment of seeking things i need you all to teach the warriors how to warfare i need you to teach them my ways i need to teach them how to bring it while they're out there in their many different businesses communities whatever it is so that we can have a revival right now the church is waiting on god to push this button for revival to come it's never gonna happen because you can create revival but you can't create revival while rejecting all of the supernatural the book of acts is the blueprint for revival and there's one thing that you read about in the book of acts and that is it was straight up crazy the type of you need to read the book i'll encourage all of you to read the book of acts as soon as possible and read as fast as you can the type of stuff that happened in the book of acts was insane three thousand people get saved in one day now you got a leadership problem i mean just the type of things that would happen from demons to to You know what I'm saying? To to them getting kicked out of a city because they got somebody healed. And it was just crazy. And so revival has not come to the church because she keeps trying to bring revival while rejecting the tools and the powers for revival. And two of the one of the tools is you can't control it. Maybe at the best you can track it, but you can't control it. Because when you read the book of Acts, I just got to read it again. And I was appalled because I read it differently. I didn't read it by what preachers taught me. I read it for what it said. I read it for what it said, and I was appalled by how many, quote-unquote, regular people emerged as superpowers. I mean, even the the second to the last book in Acts, I never saw this before. The second to the last book of Acts, y'all remember Philip? Philip was doing all type of crazy miracles and signs and wonders, and he's recorded as the man who got the Ethiopian uh, eunuch saved, and then the Lord snatched him. You know, like Star Trek to another dimension. I mean, all this stuff about Philip. And the second to the last book of Acts, Paul said, I went and visited Philip, the one who was picked to serve tables. Because the whole blueprint was people would give their life to Christ and there was a track to teach them how to be Superman. You read the book of Acts, how many times it says that, that, that Paul began to persecute the church. And it says the believers scattered everywhere. Preaching the gospel, doing signs and wonders, and miracles, healings, and casting out demons that they don't believe in today. And it says that they were bringing it, and it says that when Paul and Barnabas found out about their results, they didn't come and shut them down. It says they came and encouraged them, and then found out that they do nothing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is praying in other tongues. And it says that they ministered everyone the gift of praying in other tongues, encouraged them again, and then they left and went to another city to encourage the other believers. It was never a competition thing. It was never the Baptists against the Pentecostals and all of this racial foolishness, white against black, and Chinese against Puerto Ricans, and aliens against Batman. Y'all know what I'm saying? It's just getting out of control. None of that. It was just one. Does everybody understand the core principles of Christ? Yes. What are they? Preach the kingdom. Water baptism baptism by fire there's two substances that god uses to bring refreshing and to bring judgment water and fire world was destroyed the first time by water second time by fire we know the water is the word of god holy ghost is fire okay so they use water and fire you get water baptized because of salvation and then you receive fire baptism it's just simple a prayer and then you had ability to pray in tongues fire baptism is to empower you that's why the in Book of Acts the disciples were just sitting around, just sitting around, and the moment the Holy Ghost came upon them, boom, overnight, wham, just started bringing it. Which a few days ago they were running and saying, "We don't even know Jesus. We don't even know Him." That's what that Holy Ghost it, it empowers you to do. That what was I talking about, Randall? I keep you lost. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it was good. It was... Oh yeah, yeah. So, 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 what are the core principles? Preach the kingdom, water baptism, fire baptism or praying in other tongues, okay? Um, um, Visit the sick or heal the sick. Visit those in prison, feed the poor. Take care of the orphan. Those are the core core principles of the kingdom of Christ. So anyone that does those things, Jesus will never stop them. You don't need a preacher's permission to do that. And they're going to come, the Lord has already given us dreams that they're going to come after me like fire for one reason. I just simply... Holy Ghost said something that was so interesting. He said, You preached a message called Let My People Go. He said, but the truth is, he said, You let me go. Y'all think about it. It's common sense. I told you about the movie that my wife and I are watching. And this alien artifact, artifact came into planet Earth, and he got two people working on it. Two! And they're just wrecking their brain trying to figure this out. And then it hit them, mm. We're gonna we're gonna give a piece of this thing to the lady who has the top followers on instagram he said launch it to the whole world and let them figure it out i mean so what now we're, what, what are we trying to do we're trying to create revival by making people come to a church building while we reject the supernatural we don't believe in all that demon stuff we don't believe in a, now, now what's interesting is the a large majority of the body of christ doesn't believe in the very things jesus said is supposed to be in the last days he said, in the last days, I'll part on my spirit upon all flesh. He said, people will have dreams and visions. We we'll won't believe in all that. It was just spaghetti that you had too much uh, green pepper on it. Okay. <laughs> Jesus said, when a demon leaves a person, he said, it goes around trying to find a rest. And then before it comes back, if it can get back in, it goes find seven more demons, more wicked. Let you know that there's rank in that kingdom. We see that all the time. Didn't say they couldn't be cast out the second time. He said, they go get some stronger ones to see if they can stay there this time. Then he said something weird. He said, that'll be the testimony of the last day generation. So I said, if that's the testimony of the last day generation, Jesus was casting out demons all day, every day. Then the book of Acts, they were casting them out every day, all day. Where are they at, though? It's a stupid rap song, I think. Where they at, though? You understand? I was like, Jesus said it's supposed to be more prevalent. He was doing it all day, every day and we don't hardly see any? And the church is saying they don't believe in that? That it's just psychological? Oh, so Jesus is a liar now. He didn't have the Holy Spirit to to show us what was coming in the future, because he doesn't know what he's talking about. No, simple, you don't have an environment for it. And let me tell you something, if you you are afraid, you know what, it it won't be brought to you. If you don't have the weapons and the tools to do it, why are they gonna drop it in your lap? Somebody coming here and acting crazy and got a real demon and levitating and all the church members run to the parking lot. We're in a real dilemma. But you know what? I'm going to keep saying this. In the book of Amos, it says it will come to pass in the last days. There will be a famine for the truth. It says even the young people will go back and forth from ministry to ministry and seed to seed. And it says they won't hardly be able to find the truth anywhere. That was my dad's favorite scripture. <laughs> Otherwise, I might, even know it's, I might not even know it's there, but he put it in our head so much about the truth ain't being taught nowhere. That's why we don't go to church and, and all that. So we just heard that over and over and over again. That's why I remember it, not because I'm an avid Bible reader like that. Y'all know what I'm saying. And Jesus said, he said, when it comes to those who don't make it, he used one word, many. He said, when it comes to those that do, he used one word, few. How many few that I have in here? It bothers me. But it's the truth. When the battle is over, Satan will have won more people than God. That's insane. And 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 part of the reason won't be. It's it's very mysterious. I have. I, I used. There was a season in my life where I didn't have any more questions about stuff, and then started growing in another dimension. And now it seems like I have more questions about a lot of stuff. It just. <laughs> I'm not saying this is a doctrine, but. It's almost like I don't want to see it and the Holy Spirit is like. <laughs> but it just seems, it just seems, I don't know. It just, can I just be honest with y'all how I feel? Like, yeah, you're going to do it anyway, you know. <laughs> it, it, just, it just seems like sometimes a little innocent child that you feel bad about was an evil person in a previous dispensation. And maybe that's why certain things are allowed. I'm telling you, some of the stuff that I read about, you know, even Paul was saying something. He said, he said, be glad that you all were chosen for salvation. What do you mean chosen? The Bible talks about how those that are predestined for salvation before the foundation of the world. It's like I said before. I'm not saying this is a doctrine. Don't go out of here and march with no new doctrine like the, the Egyptian dude that I met at the Indian restaurant. But some God doesn't mind us just thinking about these things. God gave us just enough information to walk in victory. But it's a lot, to, 99.9999% of what exists, he has not shared with us. The Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it even entered into your imagination. The things that God has reserved for those that love him. Now, it says the Holy Spirit can start revealing these things to you, but how can your mind keep up with an individual that never had a beginning? How am I supposed to pastor a church with someone who knows what it's going to be like in five years? And I don't know what's going to happen by the end of the service. How how do you keep up with an individual that is one being, but is in all of us at the same time, yet retains 100% of who he is? I mean, God is the only individual that's uncreated. He just, how do you, that just messes me. That's my first question in heaven, after I faint and get up after a million years from what I see. Dude, how do you not have a beginning? It's like he's a circle. And with a perfect circle, you don't know where it started and you don't know where it ends. That's how everything operates in circles. And what we call planet Earth, it's just a small blip of eternity. God tried to create this story. He tried to create a, a huge embassy I mean, it's, it's weird. I mean, how, did, how is, I, I, I'm getting frustrated trying to explain myself. How is it that you never had a beginning, you're an eternal being, and one day I woke up and decided that you wanted a family? The Bible calls Adam the son of God. You just woke up this one day. You've been around, you just thunk this up after 200 million eternal dimensions of light and all that. You just thunk this up one day. We, don't, we can't think that high. We just can't. What you can do is trust what the word says and recognize that on the other side, everything won't be revealed. You just go to the next level. Okay, so just throwing some stuff out there. But it just, it just seems that way. You know, I gave an example. I'm almost done, trust me. I gave an example of, everybody say pretend. pretend. This is the type of stuff I'm thinking of when I'm driving down the street. It's like... It's like there was another world that we existed in before, and it's like something happened in that world, and God needed to recreate things, and in that world, there were ones who attacked him and ones that didn't. Everybody gets put in this new world called planet Earth, and then the ones who didn't attack him in the previous world, we make sure they get saved. They're predestined for salvation. They are ordained because in the previous world, they didn't come against us. But the ones who came against us asked for a second chance. So we're gonna give you a second chance by throwing you in another world (laughs) and let you start over again and we'll see if you respond to the gospel. Now that's not a doctrine. I'm just saying there's just some things there about that. You know what I'm saying? It's just weird. I mean, come on y'all, just follow me for a second. I mean, any of y'all ever thought about the fact that, okay, God, if you, if you truly know everything, then why would you start something like this, knowing that people were going to go to hell? Are y'all following me? I mean, it's like, I mean, come on, dude. If you know that Adam and Eve are going to eat the tree, I mean, you know that your child is going to put their hands on that fire. As soon as you tell them, don't put your hands on that fire. And you know they're going to put their hands on the fire and burn their whole hand off. Would you turn the fire on? I mean, it's some things we don't understand about God. You knew Adam was going to eat the tree. I'm assuming. Did he shut his brain off and pretended like he didn't know? I mean, the Bible says that God brought the animals to Adam to see what he would call them. You didn't know what he was going to call them? It's just a lot of weird language. So just keep living right and keep living holy. Don't be going off on no esoteric doctrine about best bring, bring green lanterns in a previous life and oxidation and now we vampires. <sighs> it's okay for you to daydream and think like that. Just keep it right back in the Bible. God does not want you to know certain things. Just like they didn't want Daniel. What would, let me ask you a question. What would have been wrong with Daniel knowing the future that they told him to keep secret? They didn't want him to know. In the book of Revelations, He has seven seals, seven trumpets, seven thunders, and seven bowls of wrath. God let him record everything. He said, but when the seven thunders uttered their voice, God said from heaven, do not write that down. That's a secret for all of eternity, or at least time. Maybe we find out what the thunders. What those seven thunders uttered are going to happen, but no one will know until the day it happens. I don't plan on being here because like you, I plan on being in heaven with my binoculars. This is Armageddon 2.0, 5.0, 10.0, 10. 10. This right here is crazy, Jesus. This is the most wonderful apocalyptic movie I have ever seen. I am so glad I'm not up here. Hand me some more of that popcorn. This is just wonderful, Jesus. I didn't even know you were violent like that. That's what I plan on doing. How many of y'all plan on doing? I plan on looking down at this, not looking at the asteroids coming down on planet Earth. So wish I hadn't accepted him last Wednesday for all of these 10 men. Can you imagine what the rapture is going to be like when billions of people disappear? (laughs) Yeah. Now watch this. I'm not talking about the man, but I'm talking about the man. (laughs) COVID came in and the whole nation was forced to trust one man named Falsy over a virus. You don't think a ruler is going to emerge when millions of people disappear, all nations, all colors, all races, all denominations? And when they investigate, why is it all the folk that disappeared were all of those people we called Bible thumpers, the ones we said were going too far with that holiness, and it doesn't take all of that. We made fun of them being dedicated to Jesus and the church. Why is it that they are the only ones that disappeared? And you know what a sin is going to do. Well, based on the experts, we have determined that an alien ship came through, and you would be right, because the Bible calls us aliens. Yeah, it was an alien ship. As old folks say, it was the ship of Zion. (laughs) I'm going up. Y'all can be here if you want to. I don't know how we're going up, but I'm going to be looking at people. Mm, I'm out, dog. <laughs> gotta go, gotta go. Mm-mm. I'm not trying to be down here for that. Jesus said, pray that your flight is not in the winter. You know why, why he said that? Because winter is when everything dies. Yeah. You take the fruit off the tree before winter comes. He said, do not be here in this planet during winter time when everything is steel." Dead and frozen because of the Antichrist. They're going to have enough boldness to attack the head angel. A man in planet Earth is going to turn his arrogance on the top angel. And the next sentence says, but he will be broken. I love that term. Last scripture. Y'all ready to get up out of here and y'all ready to go eating? I know I am. Today was one of those days. If I was a member, I probably would have stayed home. (laughs) Just keeping it real. See, let me tell you something. When I became a Christian, I lived this. I had a real relationship. I didn't live this on Sunday. I lived this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I lived this sun up to sun down. So if I got up on a Sunday morning and wanted to stay home, I'm staying home. Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, right? He didn't say often. Some people will take that too far, and we're not going to see them for three months. Watch. So always somebody looking for a reason and an excuse. Uh, I'm so glad I came to church today. Oh, I got a word in due season. Thank you, Father, Holy Ghost, Jesus and all the angels and Mary, mother of Jesus and Joseph. And can I add this little thing in? I only got one more scripture. You're like, yeah, you need to get to this last scripture, brother, because you're wilding out. You know what's something that's bothering me? It's how Joseph, Jesus' father and planet Earth, disappeared. He's never in the narrative anymore. The last time you see Joseph is when Jesus told him, what you bothering me for? Don't you know I must be about my father's business? And you never hear from Joseph again. I think he got offended. Do y'all remember on the cross? It says that, um, and I found something in the book, you remember on the cross where where Jesus looked at, I think it was John, he said, behold your mother. He spoke to his mother and said, behold John. And the next scripture says that John took Jesus' mother into his home after that, and she lived with him for the rest of her life. Then I read in the book of Acts last week, it said uh, it was some scenario, and it mentioned Jesus' brothers who actually came into the kingdom. Never mentions his father. So I don't know, just, you know, John the Baptist got offended with Jesus. So I'm thinking that maybe Joseph got offended because the last scenario was Jesus, like, putting his parents in check. What you checking up on me for? So I must be about my father's business. And maybe Joseph, he's like, you know what? That's it. He said, I didn't ask for this plan in the first place, man. Okay, I thought I was just going to get married, and this girl was fine. And here she come talking about an angel, and then I was going to divorce her because I ain't nobody getting filled with a pregnancy without a man touching you. And then right before I divorced her, the angel showed up and told me to go ahead and do it. So I did it because I was scared of the angel. And... I had to watch her give birth to a man that was not mine whatsoever. Then the boy come out of the womb, talking about, oh, you're not my daddy. And, and <laughs> I'm just, Y'all read the Bible religiously. You need to read it. I started to say, you need to read it the way you think. We're like, you think crazy. That's why you read it that way. I'm just telling you, the Bible talks about those who were touched with the same infirmities of what we have to deal with. And you got to put yourself in that frame of mind that you decide to go along with this plan And then this boy tells you, after he stays in another city. What is it, like three days' journey they had to go back? You got, can you, we're not talking about, look, you upset if you have to drive three minutes looking for your kids. (laughs) Let alone three hours. If you had to drive three days, oh man, you have turned into Lucifer by the time you go. Imagine having to walk for three days looking for your son that's not yours. And when you show up, <laughs> I'm just trying to, man, y'all play too much. I'm just trying to help you out. Y'all know good and well. You would have said, now, Jesus, I didn't bring you into this world, but I will take you out. That's what you would have said. Sit up here and act like you have the Holy Ghost coming out your ears if you want to. First Corinthians 3, 8 through 15. It says, the one who plants, now, the whole thing, you all, is about this one thing. It's about souls first, but the whole thing is about this one scripture that I was appalled that I never understood until about maybe two or three years ago. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. Both will be rewarded for their own hard work, not their church attendance. For we are both God's workers, you are God's field, and you are God's building. Three separate things, three separate teachings. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now, others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be extremely careful. Why? No one can lay any foundation other than the one we have already laid jesus christ so jesus christ how many of you know before we do this last scripture the bible says jesus christ is the cornerstone okay he's the cornerstone okay and then it says the whole thing is now built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets so jesus started it they continued it and now we got to complete the building but then it says anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials this is called the law of conversion Everything you say and do every day will be converted into six substances. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. Everything you say and do is put into one of those categories. It's converted to those categories for real, and you're building a house on the other side. But on Judgment Day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved. Why? Because he accepted Jesus Christ, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. I was appalled. John Bevere said he was already at a church, um, one of the Hispanic countries, And I think they had like 160,000 people at this particular ministry. And it started with 10 men. So he met with the 10 men after dinner. And John Bevere said he was appalled, in a good way, at the level of commitment that these people had. Their service and what they did and their dedication to the things of God and their attitude. And so, you know, like us Americans always do, we think it's some shortcut or something. So he met with the guys, he said, you know, why is it that your people are so dedicated? He said, there's nothing like this in the States. They said, oh, that's very, very simple. Because he said he thought it was prayer or it had to do with, you know, Hispanics are different than any other bells. No, it's not. Okay, maybe they have different food, different music, all that type of stuff. But no, people are all the same. It's your culture that determines your mentality. Okay, or your environment, excuse me. So they said, no, it's none of that. They said, it's one thing we do differently than y'all in the United States. He said, what's that? He said, we teach everything from an eternal rewards and judgment point of view. Everything we teach, we show them that this, what you're doing, okay, how you carry yourself today. I uh, uh, told them I was watching that little show called Loki with the kids. And he walked into a room and it was a stack of paperwork. And the guy said, You need to sign this. He said, What is this? Uh, no, he said, Someone, you need to sign this. And he said, What is it? And he said, uh, It's every word you've spoken since you've been born. And Loki said, What? And then the printer printed out another thing. He said, You got to sign this one too. Because <laughs> you just said what? And how many know? See, you read little scriptures like, we're going to give an account for what? Every idle word. Did you know that the word idle means unemployed? It means every word that you spoke out of your mouth that Jesus would never speak, you have to give an account. An account is a financial term to determine if you get a reward or a penalty. Okay? And we see this in planet earth in scripture, for you that are new to this. Gold, silver, jewels, those are the three categories of good decisions. Wood, hay, and stubble, those are the three categories of bad decisions. You add fire to gold, silver, and jewels, it purifies them. Add fire to wood, straw, and hay, it burns it up completely. In the scripture, it says it another way. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Scripture says it another way. That which is good, that which is acceptable, that which is perfect. Three. See it in the classroom. A. Excellent. B. Good, see, my eyebrows have now lifted. you getting ready to get your Xbox taken away. Three categories of good. See it in a race, first place, second place, third place. Anybody else, y'all can try again next year. See it in the Olympics, gold, silver, bronze. I can do this all day. The threes are in categories of good and the threes are in categories of bad. I don't wanna get over into the wood, hay, and the stubble. So, no one told me. That how I live, no one told me that Jesus said, I am the door. So in order for you to get into heaven, you have to come through me. There is no other way to get up there except through Jesus Christ. It says, if you try to get up some other way, heaven calls you a thief and a robber. That's what scripture says. If you can get to heaven any other way except through Jesus Christ, it's very dumb for Jesus to die and I can't trust Jesus because it means he's a liar because he's the one that said you can't get in through me so if I can get in another way, Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about. Y'all got me? I didn't know he's the door. Now, I knew that he was the door but I just thought automatically you get a mansion. I did not know that Jesus is the door. Y'all remember the scripture that we read that determines your entrance, the party that they throw for you? And then I did not know that what you do every day for Christ works into a reward system. And you're building something on, every die, on, on the other side. You're building it every day. And then when you stand before God, they're going to set it on fire. Y'all just read the scripture. That's just one of them. They're going to set it on fire, and you've got to watch. Now, I want you to think about something. See, we teach things religiously. I'm done. I want you to, people have no idea what heaven is like. I told you about the young girl that was caught up there, and the angel took her to one fruit orchard, <laughs> I always call it orchid, fruit orchard, let's just say fruit grove, orange grove, whatever type of grove it was, fruit trees, and she said it was so large, she asked the angel, how big is just this one grove of fruit, these trees, and he told her that it was uh, 500 times larger than planet Earth, <laughs> that was not the size of the trees when I went apple picking. You know what I'm saying I want you to imagine heaven is so now we're not talking about all of the other different types of fruit just one particular fruit and that one particular grove is called a grove it doesn't matter y'all know what I'm saying fruit trees whatever the area is called 500 times larger than planet Earth so heaven is is heaven is an extremely big place but it is also a ever-expanding place Because watch this, I want you to imagine being in heaven, and the Lord catches you up there, and he takes you to a section for all of the people at Lionheart Church. And you're like, why are all of the buildings growing like that? Oh, because the building grows in heaven based on the works of the children in earth. Can you imagine what that looks like when you got these buildings just constantly expanding in heaven? Everything you say and do is converted to gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, and stubble, and it keeps attaching itself. I'm trying to help y'all. Do y'all realize how crazy this is? I am not perverting scripture. You just read it. It says everything you do and say is put in those six categories. It says you're building something, and then when you stand before it, it says they're going to set it on fire. And it says any loss you lose, and any stuff you get a reward for is wonderful. So you might want to behoove you. It will behoove you to learn what is in gold, silver, and jewels, and what is in wood, hay, and stubble. Y'all got that convicting look on your face. You better. (laughs) See, when God loves you, he tells you before (laughs) the appointment. He gives you a cheat sheet. Matter of fact, he doesn't give you a cheat sheet. He gives you the answers to the test. Understand what I'm saying? So this whole thing is wrapped up in this. We're in a war. We're in a race. And we're in a reward system. And God says... We'll leave it up to you how committed that you want to be. Just know that the more committed you are, the greater reward that you will get. I started to show those pictures of the young uh, Asian girl that was caught up to heaven. And he walked her around and showed her the different mansions and how some mansions were like, who knows how many times multiplied bigger than planet earth. And yeah, some of y'all remember that pink mansion that was made with all of those diamond stones. And Jesus said, oh, she was a woman that was given a deep prayer. She was faithful with it constantly. So while you were making fun of her, her reward was increasing while yours was going down. While you were watching TV, she was praying. While you were hanging out, she was praying. While you were eating, she was praying. I know a lady right now, she prays a minimum of eight hours a day. We have people at our church that are on an early morning prayer call, praying in tongues for eight hours, sometimes 10, okay? And so, and so it's not all that deep. It will be when you stand before the Lord so i'm encouraging you to do something we're getting ready to launch this in a week or two some have already started i wanted to start with a core group of 12 first so that we could kind of uh, feed off of each other and sharpening our minds on how to do this so uh, we have a couple of zoom videos where we met and i'm going to release it to everybody and um, i will probably do a meeting maybe next saturday or saturday after next but I'll, I'll throw up a graphic in a moment for you to send an email if you're interested But what we are attempting to do is help Jesus win as many people as possible before this thing wraps up. The other thing is it allows everybody to begin to stack up a huge amount of rewards. The man that I read about in Rick Joyner's book, when he was caught up to heaven, and he was allowed to talk to people and interview them and ask them why they were in those positions based on how they lived their life. You know, I've taught that heaven is in levels. He said it was very interesting. The number one category of people he talked to in the lowest part of heaven were pastors and ministers. They were in charge, but they had lost their reward because they stole the ministry of Jesus and made it about fancy clothes and cars and money and controlling people. And like one guy told a a member of his church, it's my name out there on that sign, not yours. (laughs) First of all, it's not your sign. But see, people like that. Like Bishop Oedipo said, he said, there are many men who have opened churches today and God does not know. Can you imagine running a church. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against my if you build it you have to deal with the gates of hell on your own. And what we, have around, what we have a problem with right now is the gates of hell have advanced against the church and the church right now is in a survival mode and not an aggressive domination mode. Some of them us because they don't know. Others, is because they're scared of CNN. Y'all, there are some things that you do and it's simply free advertising. So I'm encouraging you, this is all like a little package. You have time to reverse your mistakes. You have time to build certain things up. You, two things, reading, watching the video, And then for you that read the Bible, how many Bible readers do I have in here? I'm not going to look just in case. (laughs) Lift your hand anyway. You're like, well, I'm going to be a Bible reader after today. (laughs) I'm encouraging you to do something. You won't be able to see it all, but I'm encouraging all of you to do something. Start with Matthew. And read from Matthew to the last chapter in Revelation and look for one thing. How many times God promised you a reward based on if you do this? It'll scare you. If you do this, you get a reward. If you do this, get a reward. How many remember the parable of the talents? The parable of the talents was how many rewards you were going to get. How many of you remember the parable of the pounds? The whole parable was about how many rewards you were going to get. What did he say? Oh, you started with one pound and you gained ten? Oh, great is your reward. Have authority over ten cities. The Lord has explained to you the vast difference between the responsibility and the reward. One pound? One pound? and you get 10 more pounds, and now you can have authority over 10 cities? Yeah, it's much more extreme that with that, but we would only use that example on planet Earth. Remember what it said about persecution? Why, are you crying? He said, when you are persecuted because of the name of Christ, what did it say? Did it say to pray? No. Did it say going to fasting? No. Did it say get with your friends and have a pity party? No. What did he say? It said, run, dance, and leap for joy. Why? It said, great is your reward, because we're recording everything. So every time someone comes against you, whether you heard it or not, we're going to set aside rewards for you. And we want you to shout, dance, and leap now because when you see what we set aside, that's exactly what you're going to do in heaven. You got to study the Bible and say, you do this. Look at how many rewards come from reading the Bible. How many rewards come from praying? Well, and there are three things that you can multiply reward if you do it in a secret. How many of you know? It says that if you pray in secret, I will reward you what? if you fast in secret i will reward you what and it says if you give in secret i will reward you what on this side and the other you got to read the bible so that you can understand and all you got to do it does not take a college degree to look for rewards and some people have asked me a particular question well isn't that the wrong spirit because it's like you're trying to get a reward. are you related to Mr. Martian Man at, at the Indian restaurant? If they didn't want you to chase after it, they wouldn't tell you to chase after it. See, that's the spirit of religion. Your heavenly father doesn't want you to have anything except for the minimum. Jesus said, we want everybody to come in the kingdom. You won't go and blocking the ones that's trying to go around you. You got to look at it and see all of the things. How I, and it's all eternal. If you give to the poor, what do he you say? You've given God alone he will repay you. Well, you know about that one, but you don't know about all of the other scriptures that promise eternal rewards if you give to the poor. So you might want to consider giving them $10 instead of one. You understand what I'm saying? So so it's a reward system. That's why Jesus said nothing about overanalyzing the poor, trying to figure out why they're poor. They made dumb decisions just like you did. Thank you. Grace. See, and so you got we got to move out of this because y'all right now the body of Christ particularly in the United States is stuck in one mode of thinking. And unless you start jumping out there experimenting and practicing and doing something demonstratively different, your results are going to be the same until Jesus comes back. Wow. They call that what? Insanity. Thinking that something is going to change concerning my spiritual life without any new input, no risk Christianity is risky you take risk all the time but guess what going to hell is much more riskier than that your Christianity is supposed to be like this seems crazy man but can I walk on the water too (laughs) what other ones let's see is he gonna sink you understand what I'm saying there's some things for you that it might be scary. This is new to me. I just sometimes you just got to take a chance. Y'all know what I'm saying? You're supposed to be. God is not going to cut you down. Let me tell you something. The time for God to cut you down is when you were a heathen, in the words on Esther. Not that you saved. He didn't kill you when you hated him, and now he's looking for a reason to kill you now. That makes no sense. But that's what the devil wants you to believe. Okay? So I'm just encouraging y'all. That video scared me. It very much did. And I, was, I instantly got to thinking, oh, it snapped me right out of whatever. Yeah, these two, they saw it. That's what they're shaking their head like, yeah, just, we've never seen anything that clear. But guess what? Whether the video was right or wrong, my personal opinion, and this is just me because I'm scared, my personal opinion is that it's like 95% right. But that other uh, 5%, I think it's just me being scared to admit that it's the truth. You know, like when you buy the disinfectant Kills 99.9% of germs. (laughs) They do that in case it doesn't, and you can't sue them, by the way. That's the reason why. 99.9%, y'all, all all this wonderfulness, you couldn't get the other point? No. Because we said that, but it might be a lie, because we don't know what's out there. (laughs) So so I encourage you, uh, watch the video, and then, y'all, get into the Bible yourself, come up with your own plan. We had this, and I'll put it up, this... Wednesday and next weekend, I'm just talking for a moment. We had these, based on these teachings, we had a the list of the seven things that you practice in order to build a mansion on the other side. Most people are doing it by default, or they're doing it by theory, or doing it by how they feel. God, when it comes to these things, God wants you to know exactly what to do. You serve a Heavenly Father that is exact. Do this, and this will happen. Do this, and this will happen. Don't do this, and this will never happen. He's exact. Go through the scriptures and start looking for the things that he said to do exactly this way. And the reward system, y'all, it makes you get up every day and watch your mouth. I know when I first taught this, there were a group of people that I guess they broke into the church or something and were cleaning. I walked in. I said, what are y'all doing up in here? First thing they said is, "Uh uh-uh. You're not getting ready to make us lose our reward. They're in here cleaning the floors by hand. Because they recognized they were being recorded. Okay. I mean, that's the thing that you're going to have to realize. And Satan is going to make you forget it. Is that everything is being recorded. Everything. Y'all, it's real solemn and silent in here. (laughs) See, it's little things. The Bible said, be careful what you say about the king and rich folk. It says a bird of the air will carry your voice and tell the matter. That's old English for technology exists. You're being recorded. You've got to read throughout the Bible and look for everything that even hints toward reward. And when you read it, you are I was highlighting so much, I stopped highlighting. Because you, see, you read the Bible through your intellect and you read the Bible through your pastors said we're extremely limited and that's a good word, (laughs) okay? So I'm encouraging you because if you wait on me, because I'm getting ready to teach the second half, the first half that I taught for five months was from a works point of view, okay? You don't work your way to heaven, but your works determine how you live there. I didn't know that. So I taught it from more of the the working side, the things that you do, reading, praying, giving, tithing, giving to the poor, uh, fasting, all of those things have rewards on the other side, the second half, you got to be ready. So you're going to put on your wigs and your toupees and seatbelt and race car seatbelts. You know, there's one to come across and everything. You have to be ready for this because now for the second half of this year, the Holy Spirit is moving on me and impressing on me big time. The most important thing about heaven is character. Jesus said one statement, and I think this is where I close. He said, just when it comes to greatest and he alone, It is those that are the most humble that are the greatest in heaven. So that lets you know that your humility will determine your reward. He said, prideful people lose. Humble people get exalted. He said that three different times. He said it is old because the disciples were arguing about who was going to be the greatest. Um, Y'all ain't even done nothing yet. (laughs) And he said, stop arguing about who's going to be the greatest. He said, the greatest is the person that's the most humble character. What does 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talk about? It says you can give all your money to the poor. It says you can speak in the tongues of angels. It says you can give your body to be burned. But it says if you didn't have love, you have wasted your time with all three. Character. So that's the other side. Is right now we have a problem in the body of Christ where, you know, nobody seems to think that you're supposed to live right. Well, you know, God loves me, mm-hmm. but He's not going to go against what He said. You know what I'm saying? I mean, God loves you. How many know? How many believe God loves you? How many also know that if you jump off this building, um, we're going to hear splat? He loves you. That doesn't bypass and break law. And most people don't keep natural law, let alone even know what spiritual law is. If God said, oh, Jesus, I might lose a couple of people here, but that's all right. Just look down move to the side. I'm going to activate my imaginary congregation. If God said fornication will damage your spirit and take you to hell, that's what he meant. If I say that, that is not me hating on you. That is me loving on you. If God says you're not supposed to do this and you're not supposed to do that, if God said don't damage your body, you're going to pay a price for that. That's what he said. That has nothing to do with his love. It has everything actually to do with his love because he loved you enough to tell you that. I had a leader tell me one time, he fired me, and then I asked him twice what I was supposed to do to make it right, and he said he was not going to tell me. That's not love. That's hatred. I was fired by a man. I asked him, I said, how do I get this right? He said, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to just watch you. That's hatred. Love is when you know a person is wrong and you tell them that they're wrong and get it right. Because remember what God said? He said, I can't break what I said. And I created spiritual laws that are all for your protection, your peace, and your joy. I can't change that. It's spiritual law. Now, you want to get over there and break spiritual law and want me to change my mind and cover you. And if I do, he said, I will disappear. I can't ever go against the spiritual laws that I created. That's why when he created Adam, he created the tree. You ever notice that when Adam messed up, he didn't destroy the tree. He kicked Adam out. You know why? Spiritual law said wasn't anything wrong with the tree. You created the tree perfect. So you can't do anything with the tree except leave it there and protect it from the individual who became imperfect. The man messed up. So leave the tree alone. He's not going to change his order because you want to feel good for a moment. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. And it's the, it's, it's, uh, I, let me tell you something. I understand it is hard, but it's easier the more you just let go. It might be, and I have to be alone. Let me tell you something. Never mind, I don't need to tell you that. I just can't do it. Yes, you can. We put a million dollars on the table, I bet you you can do it. People crack me up talking about what they can't do. I just can't stop. <laughs> Because I love him so much. Mm-hmm. I bet you there was a spiritual law that you got cancer. Every time you have sex with somebody you're not married to, I bet you everybody would be celibate. They'll be married and celibate. I know I'm a little raw right now, but I'm just, y'all, this generation out here doesn't know anything about holiness. They're tearing their lives up. It is unreal. I was at Kroger the other day. I couldn't tell if this was a guy or a girl. It looked like a monster and looked like it was going to hit me. And I was looking back, like, that's nah, not something that you want to try with a son of God. My daughter and I were at the store and, 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 and may I help you? And we were like, yeah, we're doing everything. And my daughter was about to say that she was pretty. Till we realized it was a dude wearing a blouse. It's just getting worse and worse. Well, now it's this new thing. I noticed this thing on Instagram now where men, they got full beards now. They, they make themselves up like a woman. The Bible speaks against that. And you're like, oh, it's not that deep. It's just creativity. Creativity of hell. So, but the Bible says, when you saw that happening, he said, look up. I'm just about to walk through the door. And I'm, you know, And right now we have leaders Let me say, I know I'm a little bit over, I I shouldn't apologize, I'm just, you need to hear these things. We live in the last days, you need to hear this. It's called a wolf spirit. Wolves run in packs. Okay, they run in packs, because they can't ever win against you alone. And you ever see, uh, it's called the hyena spirit and the wolf spirit. It's the two individuals that will take on a lion, but they'll never take on a lion by themselves. How many know we are all lions? You're not, a, you're not a lion because you're a member of Lionheart Church. The Bible says that we are one with the lion of the tribe of Judah. So when you become born again, you become a lion because you're one with one. You become a lion, okay? And so, but it's a wolf spirit. It's a, it's a thing of, we got a little game that we can play against the church. If anyone tries to take a stand, let's attack them collectively because their other brothers and sisters won't stand with them. And that's the problem, and so and I'm y'all. These last few weeks, uh, and yeah, well, a few weeks, um, I have talked to uh, pastors of all races—black, white, Chinese—all of them scared. All of them, and they—they just don't—they just don't—they don't understand why is it that you're just dominating. I said, for one, I'm not afraid, because the scripture says we die. Let me say something. If you get killed for the name of Jesus Christ, that's the highest honor in the kingdom. and comes with the highest level of reward. And Jesus told a particular servant of God, he said, every time you see over there in the Middle East, you said those Christians on the edge of the sand getting ready to have their heads cut off. He said, y'all don't even know. We snatch them out their bodies right before the blade hits their neck. They don't even know it. They just sitting right there. And next thing you know, they're in heaven. Church is scared because she has no revelation about eternity. No revelation about eternity. Zero. They just think we're going to heaven. Like the Holy Spirit told me, why would God keep from you where you're going to live forever? Why wouldn't he give you a dream if you ask? Why wouldn't he give you an experience? The Bible says all things are possible to them that believe. But we won't ask that because religion says you don't have a right to ask that type of stuff. You're going too far. Heaven says you're not going far enough. By the way, I did ask the Lord the question about where I was. Y'all remember I told you I was a little scared to ask? I said, Lord, I think I'm ready to kind of hear where I am. I don't think he gave me a full answer because somebody in another country then had a dream and the man who has the dream, he said he only gets a dream about three times a year, which is kind of abnormal. So he said, (laughs) I said, Lord, you know, I told him Wednesday, I was kind of expecting like a meter, you know, with a zero to a hundred. And the dream would start and, and the and the dial would move. You know, like the wheel of fortune or something. Kind of move back and forth to play a mind game with me and then and then maybe end on 105, you know, something like that. <laughs> uh, nope. He gave a man in another country a dream about me. He said, sir, you are flying in your vehicle. And the dream a vehicle represents your ministry, your assignment, your business, your job, or, or something like that. He said, You were flying. He said, you were flying, he said, but you started to slow down, even though you were shifting the higher gears. He said, for one reason, he said, you kept slowing the car down to talk to people. And he said, that makes no sense to go up to a higher gear where you go faster. He said, you went to a higher gear and moved slower. So that's my first one. That was a warning dream. The Lord warning me, be careful. You're supposed to be moving faster. Be careful about distractions that will prevent you from moving with speed don't be afraid to say lord where am i at he will tell you because he loves you because he wants you to change it i would rather change it while there's time versus i get to heaven and get surprised can i go back jesus uh no the earth is on fire right now you can't go back no don't be afraid to ask okay and so i said i was going to be done but let me say this last thing for real Some of you are too concerned about the other side. You're too concerned with loss. God is not looking for a reason to penalize you. Definitely not looking for a reason to send you to hell. He's not looking for a reason for you to lose. He's squeezing as much out of your life as possible to give you the maximum on the other side. We don't know and understand everything because part of this is free will and part of it is sovereignty. Some people choose one or the other. It's both. Because how do you determine somebody that gets saved today and Jesus comes back tomorrow? Understand what I'm saying? All we know is is that God is both excellent, good, and he is a righteous judge. There are a lot of things that he has not shared with us about the other side. All we know is, is that the individuals who said that they had lost it all on the other side, so much so that they had to be kept in what we call shelters because they didn't even have a home in heaven. They said, there's one statement I never forgot. They said, don't get it wrong, they told Rick Joyner. They said, we made it here for our salvation. They said, and even though we lost our entire award because we did nothing for Christ, they said, this place is so wonderful that even though we have lost it all, it is still a thousand times greater than the best spot on planet Earth. They said, in heaven, losing it all is still better, a thousand times better than if you were a trillionaire, had your own access to jets and helicopters and fancy vehicles and top-of-the-line food and music and everything, clothes, they said, you name it all. They said, this place is so extreme that even though those that have lost a lot, it's still better than if they had the best in planet Earth. It's just the difference is, with your Heavenly Father, that's not good enough. He wants you to get it all. Anytime someone will give you the Holy Ghost as a down payment, that messes up. The Holy Ghost is a down payment? Yeah, because what's up here is way beyond your imagination. It is outside the circle of your intellect. You couldn't on your best day think about what's up here point zero one percent how many of you plan on going up there and finding out y'all don't seem to be too sure you're like i don't know brother what i want to do i just want to sit here and think about y'all when you leave this place you need to start today matthew to the end of the book of revelation do one bible study it's going to take maybe for you a few days few weeks one bible study as fast as you can looking for everything that has to do with the reward system Highlight it if you have an ipad or computer Or switch it over to another document so that you have everything on there. And when you see it, you're going to be able to determine how well you have been doing or the areas that you need to add. I talked to someone this morning. They said, I'm doing pretty good. But they said, I need to increase a little bit in regards to evangelism. And let me say this. Okay, last one for real. Last one for real. It's not that if you don't do one of those things, you lose a reward. It's that you build your rewards by all of those things. You understand what I'm saying? Kind of like God has different ways he will heal people. Some is through inner healing and deliverance. Some is by laying on the hands. Some is just by getting in the word. You have gifts of the spirit. You have gifts of miracles. You have all the different. You can eat a raw diet of of organic food. That can sometimes heal you even of a terminal sickness and disease. Many different ways of healing, okay? They all produce the same. So, So with God, it's not like one or the other. It's like these are all of the things that you can do. And you just keep stacking it up and stacking it up and stacking it up. And I'm curious to see what it's gonna look like in order to stand in that when I have to stand in front of the house, in front of a house that might be twenty times larger than planet Earth. And then they're gonna set it on fire. And I gotta watch it burn. And I'm hoping none of it comes down to the ground. How about you? You don't want the whole thing to come down to the ground and it's a toothpick sitting there. <laughs> oh man, the an angel's sitting there. Go ahead. We tried to tell you behind. Turn off that television and read. So, how I many of you know this is an adventure? We got one last swipe to get this right, okay? So let's go ahead and stand.